This is a sound you do want to hear. It is the sound of a whole bunch of anti-nuclear activists and concerned citizens who have come to Dr. Helen Caldicott's two-day symposium on the medical and ecological impact of the Fukushima nuclear disaster. We are the people who are trying our best to make certain that even though we are all in the nuclear hot seat, maybe we can turn the temperature down a few degrees. Hi, my name is Libby Halevi. I am the producer and host of Nuclear Hot Seat, as well as a survivor of the nuclear accident at Three Mile Island from one mile away. So I know what it looks like when the experts get it wrong. Today, in addition to some experts, I'm going to be talking with activists very briefly to just speak about their impressions, their feelings, their biggest takeaways from the two-day symposium. Hi. Libby, this is Heidi Hetner from New York. I teach at Stony Brook University. Uh, this is my second day here. Yesterday, I brought some students with me from my eco-media eco class. So they were really taken with the experience. We're studying right now nuclear issues. Uh, we're, they're watching, actually this moment, they went back and they're in class today. They're watching the Atomic States of America. And Carl, Carl Grossman's coming to visit my class to, uh, Thursday. So it's been really incredible. My favorite thing I would say is the the broad array of speakers and the different approaches. So there's you know an epidemiologist, there's a statistician, there's a biologist, there's Bob Alvarez, there's people who have a history you know working for the nuclear industry like like Bob and like Arnie Gunderson. So you're just getting this really broad perspective and medical doctors and medical effects and a very large picture of what the issues are in relationship to Fukushima and also how it pertains to us here. Um, and it's quite extraordinary. And the information you're finding out scientifically, it's just very different from what's in the mainstream press. And as hard as we might dig, even those of us who are well into this, it's still incredibly helpful to hear right up front from the people who are on the front lines doing all the hard work um, and the research, what's going on, what it means, and kind of how we can push it forward. So it's, And then, of course, to meet all the people you we know, who we see and through Facebook and social networking and who we read their work. It's, it's a really great experience. And, and also, many, many Japanese people here talking about their experiences, bringing that to bear, um, giving us a lot of direct information about what's been happening in Japan, what their stories are. So it's it's a really an extraordinarily um, important conference and symposium. Well, hi, Lee B. Uh, my name is Tad Daly. Uh, I'm with the Center for War Peace Studies uh, in New York. I'm also author of a book called Apocalypse Never uh, from Rutgers University Press, which is about transforming the vision of nuclear weapons abolition from a utopian fantasy into a concrete political goal. Uh, I'm very pleased to report that uh, Helen Caldicott and I did a full hour-long radio conversation when my book came out uh, about a year and a half ago. And it was a wonderful, expansive conversation mm -hmm. about the far distant human future. It's available at ifyoulovethisplanet.org. And the thing that I really want to get on the table is that I'm for abolishing nuclear weapons, but I think we ought to tie that to the larger vision of abolishing war itself and really try to envision a world political order in, oh, the year 2099, where we've actually abolished war, also abolished standing national military forces, and created something like enduring world peace through the world rule of law and, indeed, a federal republic of Earth. How's that for a big vision? Love it. <laughs>
I'm Hattie Nessel from uh, Massachusetts, very close to Vermont Yankee, part of the Shut It Down Women's Affinity Group that does direct actions at Vermont Yankee. And I've been here all day yesterday and today. And I'm finding it very helpful to find to hear the scientists take on the um, duplicity and irresponsibility and lack of accountability of the NRC, Nuclear Regulatory Commission, for example, and about the inherent dangers of the spent fuel pool and the um, uh, uh, governmental lack of accountability where they're not giving us the, the numbers, they're actually um, maintaining high levels of secrecy and downsizing and downplaying whatever else uh, does leak out. So I find that you know getting it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, is very helpful. I do a lot of reading, and I know a lot of this uh, stuff as, as, as background, but they're filling in a lot of the dots and the gray areas for me. So uh, it's very exciting, and it's very exciting to meet a lot of new people. A woman flew in just for this from Australia. A guy flew in just for this from Japan. There's quite a number of Japanese people here. Somebody's here from Maine. You know, they're here from all over Los Angeles. So it's fun to be together as uh, like-minded people that realize how dangerous nuclear power is and uh, give us, you know, more fortitude and more information to keep working against it. Hey, uh, my name's Bobby Paul. I'm the uh, executive director at Georgia WAND, which stands for Women's Action for New Directions. Founded, WAND was founded in the early 80s by Dr. Helen Caldicott as Women's Action for Nuclear Disarmament. And I'm really thrilled to be here. I'm up from Atlanta, Georgia, and Georgia is at ground zero at, uh, for nuclear power expansion in this country. The first two new, new, new nuclear reactors are under construction, poorly, I will say, and not going well. It's a big, hot mess in Burke County, Georgia, right across from the Savannah River site, one of the most toxic uh, military-industrial complexes, or known as the bomb plant, right across the Savannah River uh, in South Carolina. So we're deeply concerned about this nuclear expansion. We know the South has been dumped on, and we look at environmental justice. On the environmental justice issue, uh, Savannah River site was put there in the 1950s, directly downwind and downstream from it. It's poor, rural, agrarian, uh, African-American communities. These communities continue to suffer. So it's Southern Company um, that's expanding that, and we have tons of problems at Savannah Riverside as well with storage um, of nuclear waste. We have 37 million gallons of high-level radioactive waste, just like Hanford out in Washington. They have more volume. We have more curies of radiation. Our tanks are very similar to Hanford's. They have been known to leak into the water system, into the river. The Savannah River is the fourth filthiest river in the United States. And uh, so we care a lot about stopping any kind of nuclear expansion and also ending the scourge of nuclear weapons worldwide. Alice Slater, I'm with the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation here in New York, and I'm delighted to be at this symposium that Helen Caldicott put together with all these great scientists really taking a look at the truth about nuclear power. And what I thought was very entertaining was that she had somebody yesterday from the other side, and it just showed how insane that thinking is, this kind of left-brain patriarchal thinking that didn't look at the gestalt or the truth of what's happening with you know, the doses of radiation. He was trying to minimize it like they reported at Chernobyl. Only 31 people died, and the WHO was saying 
nobody's going to get hurt at Fukushima. And here we have all this other evidence that's so overwhelming, and they're not paying attention to it. And it was great. Like, he really was shown up, especially by the wonderful scientists that spoke today. I was so moved by Alexei Yabakov from Russia that's been pulling these things together. And I had him over at the UN like five years ago. We brought him to the Non-Proliferation Treaty to speak about Chernobyl. And he couldn't speak English. We had to get a translator. So I think he really came along here. He's talking to us in English. It was just wonderful to be here. Great group. Great speakers. I'm Gail Payne, and I'm uh, with Coalition Against Nukes, uh, Long Island Sierra Club. I have a website called radiationtruth.org. This has been an incredible conference. The biggest thing I've taken away is from this is I really enjoyed the, the science, learning about all the science. I feel like a regular person can, can learn and grow and understand, and one should not be afraid of looking at a graph, learning to understand it, but also think of the human factor. And if there were one thing that you could accomplish coming out of this symposium, based on what you've learned here, what might that be? I would like to reach out to politicians more and people in my neighborhood and just wake people up because the media is completely silent on what's going on and I think we have to get out there on the street and, and talk to people more. Hi, my name's Amy Hendrickson. I'm from Brookline Peaceworks in Brookline, Massachusetts. And uh, the thing that really um, impressed me, uh, amongst many other interesting bits of information, was uh, the statistic that 40% of us are expected to get cancer in our lifetime, um, which seems a very high number. And I then heard uh, quite a number of talks which emphasize the direct relationship between radiation exposure and cancer. So I extrapolated on that and thought, well, perhaps that means that since the nuclear era, we're all getting an extra dose of radiation, and therefore we're all getting more cancer. And I asked Helen if this might be true, and she said, yes, of course, as if everybody knew that already, but I hadn't. Anyway, I thought that was very telling, and I think it means that we all have to be careful to shut down these stupid nuclear plants and um, to uh, be careful of the pools where the spent, spent rods are sitting. That's an extremely dangerous situation. Another person gave a talk about that. And shut down the nuclear weapons program. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to endanger everybody on the planet for no good reason. My name is Noel Walkhope. Um, <clears throat> I'm from Australia, and I'm affiliated with Friends of the Earth there, but I do run two websites one called Anti-Nuclear, which is entirely about Australia, and one called Nuclear-News, which is more international. What most impressed me? Well, it's hard to choose, but I would have to pick the message, probably mostly from Dr. Wertelecki, that the emphasis needs to be on the young, especially on pregnant women, on embryos, fetuses, infants and small children because this area seems to have been neglected and seems, from what I'm learning here, to be the most important area in health. Other things that impressed me, I sort of thought it before but I realise it now that the United States is in quite a real mess about its accumulating nuclear wastes and I can't understand why the Nuclear Regulatory Commission or the Blue Ribbon Commission or somebody hasn't thought of the idea of stopping producing the wastes as well as finding a space for the existing wastes 
and God knows how much more wastes will come if they don't stop. So these are the main things. Um, I've also been impressed by the fact that the the anger of nuclear workers who were sick and of their widows uh, has actually resulted in a law giving them some compensation. I'm wondering if perhaps the sailors, their experience near Fukushima may also have an effect because it, it seems that you need some people to get really angry before anything is listened to. I'm Jim Heddle from the Ecological Options Network. My partner Mary Beth Brangan and I are covering this wonderful conference. I guess the main takeaway from today for me would be Steve Wing's uh, pointing the finger at the corruption which infects all so-called regulatory and watchdog agencies. It prevents accurate information from reaching the public and I think it's probably the major problem for activists. And I wanted to ask the distinguished presenters how they would advise us to try and overcome this problem. I did get a chance to do that, but from now on I'm going to point to that element of corruption in all the major agencies from the domestic level up to the international level as a key barrier to shutting down nuclear weapons and nuclear power. My name is Waka Imamichi. I'm, uh, I'm just a mother of two and con- very concerned about the future of our children. And um, um, if we don't do anything right now, um, I, we believe that um, the future is not bright <laughs> at all. <laughs> so that's why I'm here. And what has been the most impressive or the most impactful piece of the uh, symposium that you've seen so far? Um, we, I actually missed yesterday, but... Um, I was very impressed with the members of the attendees um, for this conference because I've been seeing Dr. Kaldekos, um YouTube and also Dr. Camps and also um, Dr. Arne Gunderson on, online. So I was very impressed like seeing a celebrity here. <laughs> but um, I, we've been getting so much information from them and we, um, as a Japanese people, we appreciate so much. Hi, I'm Dr. John Miller. I'm a, a journalist who's also was a nuclear engineer on a on a Navy fast attack nuclear submarine so I actually know a lot about the uh, about the technology uh, this is the best conference I have ever been to for bringing together evidence from, from you know radiation health effects to what kind of accidents happened to exactly how Fukushima happened and and I'm just finding more evidence than I ever thought existed, and stronger evidence about many things. Uh, the, the the one presentation today that said there's a, actually health effects in the United States from Fukushima, uh, demonstrated ones, uh, is is eye-opening and would be very surprising to the American public. And if you could do anything moving forward from this conference with the information you've gotten here, where would you like to apply it? Well, I've had a career as a science journalist. I write about new things in science, technology, medicine, the environment, you name it. Uh, but I'm kind of late in my career. I'm 66, and, and I've decided that from now on out I'm only going to write about nuclear power and about radiation uh, effects. Uh, and I think somebody needs to do that. And I, uh, you know, I also have a, a Ph.D. In, in social psychology, and I... A lot of what's wrong with nuclear power goes back to social psychology, uh, how people make decisions, why designers design stupid things into plants. Uh, that all goes back to how we all act and behave and, and think and misthink. This is Lucas Hickson with Informable. 
really enjoying this symposium and a lot of the speakers, including Alexei Legasov and Dr. Mousseau. Uh, one of the things that we've really been enjoying is the comparisons with the uh, Peter Beckerel release between the nuclear weapons testing and the atmospheric testing, as well as Chernobyl and uh, Fukushima Daiichi. Uh, one of the things that we've been noticing is the comparisons of the released cesium amounts and the, de the depositions as those numbers will be rising uh, through as we get more and more studies and reports and more data released from TEPCO. But it's also quite refreshing to see the fact that uh, a lot of these top minds in the physics and science world are aware of the fact that it is almost impossible to make a determinate or a definite conclusion about any of the data that we've seen thus far with so much missing. And what is your website? It's with Informable, uh, Informable with an E, E-N-F-O-R-M-A-B-L-E. My name is Barbara Warren. I'm Executive Director of Citizens Environmental Coalition in New York. And we're trying to close the six reactors in New York State and um, uh, really transition to uh, all energy efficiency and renewables for a, a better energy future for all New Yorkers, create jobs, uh, save money do all of those things. Uh, but I think we're also working on the West Valley Nuclear Waste Site, which is a terrible waste site. Uh, it was engaged in nuclear waste reprocessing. The waste problem is huge. You just can't have nuclear when we have no solution to nuclear waste. It's creating huge volumes of this stuff that's hazardous for hundreds of thousands, even millions of years. You know, we're, we're collectively committing suicide, really, with this. So if you would state um, a takeaway or something that really impressed you about the conference, what would that be? Uh, I think just the urgency that we have to go in another direction. Clearly with Fukushima now following on what we know about uh, Chernobyl, I think everybody feels a real urgency to address the dangers that we have in our own backyards and the potential for more catastrophic events. And yet we're, we're in this, uh, we're locked into a system that is totally unresponsive. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission in New York, uh, the whole political thing that's happening in Japan is so similar to what we're experiencing here. And we can see that more disasters are coming unless we do something about it to change what's happening. And just the collective wisdom of uh, medical experts, uh, you know, all the scientists are telling us we must do something now to stop this catastrophe that's, you know, future catastrophes. And I hope we can do it in time. Linda Modica, Jonesboro, Tennessee. I'd say Bob Alvarez was right, that it's all about politics. And the more women that we could get involved, especially angry women who will... Uh, make their way to their local representatives, mayors, commissioners, whatever, and say, we've had it. We've had it, guys. Close up the shop here. Pull the plug on nuclear. Then uh, I think that we'll be making progress. That's what I'd like to see. That's what we're doing in East Tennessee. I am Jean Shaw. I am with the Indian Point Safe Energy Coalition and Westpac People's Action Coalition. And um, I could speak from 
either side of that mouth, but I'll just speak from the middle right away, and I'll just say this has been an amazing symposium. I'm so glad I'm here. I only wish my husband Gary could have been here because Gary Shaw is the Indian Point spokesmodel. But in lieu of Gary, we all have to step up and speak because he's stuck at work. And I'm stuck unemployed. Woohoo! So here we are trying to do it. And what has been the most impressive thing for you or the most important thing for you in attending the symposium these two days? As usual, when I'm in a group like this, just the fact that we all come together to listen to each other, learn from each other, and network with each other is always ultimately the most important thing. Everybody who has presented has had something so important to present that it's really hard to pick one because they really all go together and all together you start to get a fuller picture of just how screwed we are. Hi, my name is Diane Messer. I reside in the state of Maine and I'm here at the symposium uh, for the dangers of uh, Fukushima and uh, nuclear power because uh, nuclear power is dead. It has to be dead. No power, no arms. It's toxic to the environment. It's toxic to all life on Earth. And if we don't turn it around fast, there is going to be no more life on Earth. Thank you. And what has been your biggest takeaway from the conference? Or what moment here really impressed you? The knowledge, the collective knowledge and expertise here. We have everything we need, a full toolbox, to enforce the protections that we need. We just need to find a way to grab our, I wanted to say a certain part of the anatomy, but I'll be polite and I'll say by the throat, our Congress members and force them to obey the laws. Hi, my name is Michelle Lee. I like to identify myself as the least likely anti-nuclear activist around. I spent 20 years representing big industry and uh, after 9-11, I uh, fell down the rabbit hole, first in terms of the security issues at Indian Point. And then as I gathered more information, uh, expanded my interest. Eventually, I worked on the papers in opposition to relicensing Indian Point on behalf of the Sierra Club and other groups uh, in the emergency petitions trying to block relicensing. This is a demon that has been unleashed in our globe. And the factual evidence on every single level is so strong. It continues to astonish me that, that, that the media hasn't covered it as one of their major topics. If you look at the safety concerns, if you look at the security concerns, if you look at the public health concerns, if you look at the economic issues involved, most people don't realize that nuclear power is almost fully subsidized by taxpayers. The rates have nothing to do with the actual taxpayer subsidies of nuclear. Nuclear power is the only industry that has the taxpayer essentially acting as their insurer under the Price-Anderson Act. So if there's an accident, the operators aren't going to pay. It's the American public, and that's written into law. My name is Carl Grossman. I've done a lot of writing and television on nuclear technology. Uh, my first book, Cover Up What You're Not Supposed to Know About Nuclear Power. I'm a professor of journalism at the State University of New York College at Old Westbury. 
And I think this conference was extraordinarily important. I mean, it comes two years after the Fukushima disaster, and if you follow mainstream media in this country, it's like nothing happened. I mean, uh, there's been a great effort by the nuclear industry and the nuclear establishment within government, the National Nuclear Laboratories, Department of Energy, and so forth. This whole nuclear conglomeration to somehow keep the public from knowing about how catastrophic the Fukushima nuclear plant complex disaster was. And and to a large degree, they've succeeded with a very compliant press. So here, uh, Helen Caldicott with our Caldicott Foundation and Physicians for Social Responsibility have been able to uh, present experts in many fields and really detail the the medical and ecological impacts of uh, the Fukushima disaster. Quite unfortunately, we're not going to hear uh, news of this symposium on uh, the nightly TV news. Uh, it's not going to be on the Today Show tomorrow, and it's not going to be in the New York Times. Uh, but that's the way it's long been in terms of nuclear technology, a, a compliant press for many decades, in fact, a press owned by components of the nuclear industry, General Electric, and Westinghouse, actually the Coke and Pepsi of nuclear power, GE having owned NBC, until actually recent weeks when Comcast took a majority interest in uh, Westinghouse having owned CBS. Nevertheless, uh, was like Henrik Ibsen said many years ago, truth is like a lion in the street. And what came out at this conference has been the truth. Very scary truth, very distressing truth. Also some very affirming truths about how nuclear power, besides being dirty, dangerous, and expensive, is totally unnecessary. That safe, clean, renewable energy technologies can substitute today for nuclear power and must and should. Uh, So I feel that this symposium, this conference, and the information at it will get out, uh, won't get out the way it should uh, on the nightly news on the front page of the New York Times, considering the scale of destruction that Fukushima represents, the Fukushima disaster represents. But still, um, truth is a lion in the street. And here we've seen uh, uh, some appearances of, in fact, good, many appearances of that lion. The chief lioness was and is, of course, Dr. Caldicott, who with her assistant, Molly Martha Lightfoot, put together this amazing event. So many of our top people were there. Arnie Gunderson from Fairwinds, talking about the engineering behind the Fukushima disaster. David Freeman, the former chair of the Tennessee Valley Authority, exhorting us to take this information out of the echo chamber and into the larger world. Alexei Yablokov from the Russian Academy of Sciences, who risked Soviet wrath to break details about Chernobyl to the larger world. Joe Mangano talking about his study with Dr. Janet Sherman on the increase in newborn hypothyroidism on the west coast of the U.S. after Fukushima. Timothy Mousseau on biological implications of insect and animal mutations after both Chernobyl and Fukushima. And so many more, it would take another half hour just to go through them all. Dr. Caldicott will be releasing their information from this symposium in a book, which will be out in about six months. So I cannot share their speeches with you. But next week on Nuclear Hot Seat, I will feature my interview with Alexei Yablokov on what Chernobyl has to tell us about Fukushima, plus extensive, heartbreaking information from one of the sailors who was on the USS Ronald Reagan and has sued TEPCO for medical expenses. As for me, 
Well, it was exhausting, fulfilling, challenging, deeply disturbing. And ultimately, well, I don't know the ultimate yet. The conference ended less than three hours ago, and I had a podcast to produce, so I haven't had time to process all that input. That's what flight time is for. But I do know this. We all have work to do. The situation is more dire than we've understood. The opposition entrenched and moneyed, the media muffled, and the sword of Damocles hangs over all our heads. And yet, having experienced the people, the expertise, the commitment, I mean, one woman came from Australia for this symposium, plus the thousands who signed up for live streaming. Look, we have the people, we have the will, we have the expertise, and we have the truth on our side. Now, let's bust it. Nuke-free, carbon-free, green technology, free energy. We share a vision and intention, and this is the time for us to make it all come true. So come back and listen to next week's Nuclear Hot Seat when I get up close and personal with the speakers, the issues, and the stories that came out of the symposium, as well as our regular features, the numbnuts of the week for nuclear boneheadedness, the NRC duck report, the week's news, and, oh yes attitude, snark, and, well, more attitude. We're going out on music this week. A song dedicated to Dr. Helen Caldicott, Ma Nature, from Armageddon, The Living End, which just may be retitled Fucht. Music by Grady, lyrics by me. And I am Libby Halevi of Heartistry Communications, the heart of the art of communicating, reminding you that we have all had our nuclear wake-up call. Now, do not Go back to sleep. Stop, look around you. Think, touch, smell. Life is all around you. Got it well. Reconsider what I'm worth. If you plan to stay on earth, I'm on nature. Don't mess with me We need all this planet Land, sea, air Take it from your mommy You'd better care Think it through and have no doubt See how time is running out I'm on nature don't mess with me There's no denying that slowly I'm dying Incredible Look what you're doing It's mother you're screwing How edible Stop, look around you Hear my voice Keep it up and one day I'll have no choice if your careless ways don't halt It won't be San Andreas's fault Stop and look around you Think, touch, smell Everywhere a warning oh. Can't you tell you don't have a way to leave I will give you no reprieve I'm on nature